We have reached a time in our history when we as people may have to think about our freedoms. Freedom of speech versus freedom to abuse. Welcome to Epic Mom Life. I am your host, Kara Peterson. This show is sponsored by The Possum's Tale, a unique book adventure for your 6 to 12 year old child. Let's jump into today's show. Freedom of speech versus freedom to abuse. You hear it all the time. Back in the day, or when I was young, or I remember when, all referring to when people treated others with courtesy. Most of us have heard the adage, when you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. We have reached a time in our history when we as people may have to think about our freedoms. How does exercising my freedom step on you enjoying a freedom of yours? Freedom of speech can turn into verbal abuse. This used to be much less common, yet now it seems to be happening much more often. Freedom of speech is a cornerstone of democracy and a foundation of what we hold as important in our society. However, freedom of speech should not imply freedom from consequences. We seem to have lost accountability for the way we wield our right to speak. Many, when exercising their right to free speech, are spewing anger and hatred at another person, and the conversation turns into flat-out verbal abuse. That sounds so extreme. Abuse, right? Name-calling, insults, and threatening language are all forms of verbal abuse. While individuals absolutely have the right to express their opinions and beliefs freely, when those opinions are expressed in a way that is intended to harm or intimidate others, it crosses the line and becomes abusive. It actually takes away another person's right to enjoy their freedom of life, their freedom to enjoy life, and it's part of our government's right to protect individuals. And I feel that the individuals aren't being protected from these people who are being so verbally abusive. Social media has become a breeding ground for hateful and abusive language, often directed at individuals or groups that are perceived as different or inferior. Usually these individuals or groups are targeted not for physical or religious or any of those differences that were all the differences of the past that we've worked so hard to overcome. Now the main difference that they are being so venomously spewed against and targeted for are a difference in opinion. And nobody will stick up for those people like they would stick up for the same types of slanderous, horrible comments for color, sex, creed, any of those things. They would, people would stick up and say, that, that's an awful thing you're doing. You cannot talk to people that way. People will not stand up for people if it's because they have a different opinion. One reason for this bad behavior is the anonymity of social media, which allows people to say things they would never say in person. It is much easier to have bravado or say things you would not dream of saying in person when you cannot see how these comments crumble and devastate 
another person. It is also much easier to be nasty online because you can simply slap and run, and make a nasty comment, run away, and have no accountability. We have entered a time where we as a society actually reward bad behavior. Personally, I find this odd. If you have a conversation one-on-one -on -one with some of the most ruthless and nasty commentators online, you will see that they would be appalled if their children behaved in a similar manner to how they behave. Many of them do not see themselves as spreading hate, but they've changed it. They're spreading truth. They are so caught up in their truth that it's okay for them to vomit hatred over others. Another reason for this happening is the echo chamber effect. This is where people surround themselves with like-minded individuals and are not exposed to diverse perspectives. The power of always being confirmed that you are absolutely right and brilliant is enormous. The algorithms have contributed and created the echo chamber effect because they feed that everyone believes the way I believe mentality. They keep showing you ads and products and other people and posts and memes and all kinds of things that are exactly the way you believe. So if you're constantly seeing all of this, you're confirmed, well, look, it's all over social media. Everybody knows the truth. Everybody believes the way I believe. It's so easy to see how people can see this. So that is why people, when they meet other people who have a differing opinion than they do, a lot of these people truly are blown away by the fact that anyone of intelligence could possibly think that way when everyone knows the truth. This is a horrible problem that I don't even think many people realize is happening to totally deconstruct our society. So truth, name calling, bullying, and violent language dominate not only our social media, but also our news sources, talk shows, print media, and podcasts. So where do you find your news? How do you find the truth? There is an adage about that as well. Truth is in the eye of the beholder. Now people seem to think that truth is the one, is with the one that yells the loudest and beats the opposition into submission. The rise of social media and the 24-hour news cycle has contributed to, this is interesting, I didn't know what this was called. I knew it happened, but I didn't know what it was called. The spread of post-truth. Post-truth is a phenomenon where people prioritize emotions and personal beliefs over facts and objective reality in shaping public opinion and decision-making. Did you absorb that? Let's, let's go over it again because this is really powerful. Post-truth is the phenomenon where we believe emotions and just what we think is right over any facts 
over any objective reality. And we are taking these feelings and we are shaping public opinion and we are doing some major decision making with those feelings. As these platforms, news, podcasts, print media, all of that, often prioritize sensationalism and emotional appeal over accuracy and context, we are defining our truth based on emotions and oftentimes avoidance on fear because a lot of the news sources lead with fear tactics. This truth that we have a bone deep certainty of, we then feel we need to have others agree with unequivocally. And when our truth is faced with opposition, we are becoming verbally abusive, whether online or in person. Just looking at the evolution of our bumper stickers will show the venom we have towards our fellow person. News. First, I want to recognize that it is really hard to believe in a news source. It is difficult to not fall into post-truth when our major news sources are telling the exact same story with a different set of facts and telling that exact same story with a completely different result, ending, or reason. I am guilty of post-truth simply because I do not trust or believe in any of what they are telling me. And they, I don't care if it's left, I don't care if it's right, I don't care who it is. I think all of them, their goal is not to tell me a fact, their goal is to make me feel something. And I'm cynical of that, and I'm suspect of that, so I go right to that post-truth. I, I mean, I'm just angled there. And so I trust what's in the core of me. Oh, well, that can be dangerous too. I think humanity is capable of a lot of good things. So hopefully my post-truth is good. And I know right from wrong on a base level. Again, I hope that means it's good. But this is still exactly what I should not be doing. But how are we supposed to do anything else? I love to research. I love facts. But even research is skewed these days. I mean, there's this old joke where you can find a research study or statistics to back up anything. Okay, well, that's not a very funny joke. So my answer is I just quit listening to all news sources about three years ago because they spread fear and hatred, in my opinion. And their entire intention was to get a dramatic feeling out of me. And the intention was not to be a public service announcement and just tell me what the heck was going on. To me, that was their job. Frankly, I don't need more drama in my life. So here are my questions. When did the news quit giving the public, well, the news? What happened to the days when Walter Cronkite or Barbara Walters would come on the news and we would gather around the television and we would listen intently to what was really happening in our country and around the world? Should our news sources be responsible for just telling the news? Should they have to verify all stories and sources? Should they have to have multiple sources for a single story? Should they have to have a this side and a that side to show the news consumer the full issue, not a skewed or a platform side? 
should they have to put all of the news out to the public as a public service, not just sensationalize what they feel we want to hear or what they want us to hear? Should the media be a protected entity that cannot be owned by a few corporations, but only be owned by independent entities? Maybe 10 years ago, we all believed in the news. At least, I think most of us did. I don't recall the news being blue or red. It just was the news. I don't believe in censorship. I do believe in truth. I don't believe I've seen truth on any news source in a long time. But I also believe unequivocally that no one should have to suffer abuse from another. Should people be held accountable for verbally abusing others? Should there be rules of engagement for people to converse in this controversial time? I love that idea. The United States, us, US, accepts responsibility for our bad behavior as a nation. We are not role modeling to our children the way we want human interaction to look. Us, the people, decide upon how we will engage with each other. What will the appropriate way, the respectful way, to engage in conversation looks like? This seems so grade school, yet we, the us, have gone back to the schoolyard bully behavior in everyday interactions. We need intervention. Our forefathers wrote about our rights nearly 250 years ago. At what point do we need to accept that even though those men may have been really smart, they did not have all the answers? Maybe, just maybe, we need to start looking at our inalienable rights and see if any of them are taking away the rights of a happy, peaceful, and truthful life from another. I obviously do not have the answers, but I think it is time that we all start asking the questions. While freedom of speech is a cornerstone of democracy, it is not absolute and it should not be used as an excuse for verbal abuse. It is important to understand the line between protected speech and verbal abuse and to take action to address this behavior when it occurs. Ultimately, a culture of respect and tolerance is essential for creating a healthy and thriving society. The quote for this week, don't worry, you can't crush a soul here. That's what life on earth is for. 22 soul. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to send you a huge thank you. Please leave me a comment or review and share with other moms you know. Get in touch in the comments or on Kara's social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.